red flags, but okay podcast beginning in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, Jen. Hey, Kate. How are you doing today? I'm good. I've got cats all around me. I see. I see. Just like tails floating <laughs> behind you. Jen only films herself from the nose up because she crams herself into a hole. And <laughs> so you just see little tails bouncing behind her as the cats walk along the couch. I love it. Oh, Lily just immediately went and sat on top of Walt in the cat bed. God, I'm going to have to show you because. Oh, my God. Oh, to be them. Just an orange ball of siblingly love. <laughs> okay, so who are we anyway? <laughs> yes, this is weird flex, but okay. okay. Where we discuss my cats. <laughs> so I'm going to make it now. It's like you say weird flex, and I just say, okay. <laughs> but okay. Uh, this is, yeah, this is weird flex, but okay. This is the podcast where we do homework. Uh, you listen to it. And then if you want to, you tell us. If you don't, you don't tell us what you think. But we have fun anyway. Uh, what are yeah. we talking about today? Today we are talking about witches and warlocks. And you are? I am witches. I'm warlocks. And it's spooky. It's spooky yes. season. It's spooky business. And I'm really excited. I love I, I live for this crap. Because I, um, I am a walking plastic skeleton. <laughs> yes. I have got some good legends for you. Oh, God. I'm so stoked. Okay, so I heard a rumor, which is you telling me before we started uh, recording that you start this time. I heard that rumor as well because I started that rumor because <laughs> you because <laughs> you said it. Um, okay, all right. I, I am I'm fully ready and prepared to hear about witches. Okay, I'm gonna just start off with the bizarre tests that happened during witch trials. Yo, yes. Yeah, so when I'm talking about this, it's like most people will probably be thinking Salem witch trials, but witch trials actually were happening in Europe a lot Tons sooner than them, when yeah. they were happening here, but the trials were very similar. There were um, a few different tests that people would have been forced to take in order to see if they were, in fact, a witch or not. The swimming test is probably one of the most well-known tests for witch trials. Mm -hmm. The accused were stripped of their clothing, their arms and legs were tied, and they were thrown in the nearest body of water. Okay. If they sunk, they were innocent. But if they floated, they were a witch. Okay, so if you die, not a witch. If you <laughs> don't die, a witch. <laughs> the innocent could be pulled um, from the water by rope tied around their waist, but unsurprisingly, accidental drownings did occur. Wow. Um, but do you know why they believed witches floated? Because a duck floats on water <laughs> and uh, and also very small rocks, right? Everything <laughs> everything comes back to Monty Python. At the end of the day, it really, it, Monty Python raised us. Do <laughs> you tell me why? But really, it's because witches were thought to have rejected baptism. So water would reject them in response. And they would float. Oh, that never occurred to me. But also, if they floated, they'd still be wet. It's not. I don't. Yeah. I mean, okay. it. Was, I mean, the logic is obviously not perfect yeah. here. All olden times. Yeah. Science. <laughs> um, another test used was the prayer test. Okay. 
um, not as reliable because so the accused witch was told to recite a Bible passage. And if they were able to successfully recite it without mistake, that oh, means God. they weren't a witch. However, a lot of times they were like, oh, it was a devil's trick. That's how they could perfectly recite this wow. with no mistakes. It's almost so, as if they want them to fail. It's almost as if people don't trust or like women. Mm-hmm. Also, I would 100% fail because <laughs> I can, even though I was raised in the church, I went, I went to, uh, for weird comfort related uh, anxiety reasons, I went to church uh, last Sunday, don't, you know, I was about to say, don't tell anybody, like, I'm not saying this on a podcast, um, <laughs> but it's a Catholic church. And so everything is the same, no matter where you are in the world. And no matter if you're in 1910 or 2020, it's always the same. Um, and I can do the beginning of every prayer still, but the end of it, I'm just like, thank God I have a mask on because <laughs> no one can see that. I'm like, but, 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 but. <laughs> Not like well, I have anything to prove to a bunch of Catholics, but whatever. You're a witch. I, I, I mean, I am, though. Also, I'd like to state, miraculously, went into a church, neither myself or the church burned down. Now, could not have the touch down. test Ugh. was the other one used. <laughs> and... <laughs> well, you would be getting lots of people accused but to, as witches because... If an individual was possessed, when the possessor touched them, the possessed would react. So if I was (laughs) possessed (laughs) and you came in like touched me and I went, "Ah," then it'd be clear that you were the, you were the possessor. You got me possessed and were a witch. But like also if people just touch me randomly in front of large crowds, I'm going to have a reaction. It's not, I'm, how do you handle yeah. that normally? Yeah. I have like a reflex uh, cause I don't like to be touched by anyone except for like my, my own children. Um, but I have like a reflex that if people touch me, I kind of freak out a little bit. I'm like, huh? So yeah, that, that doesn't work. It doesn't jive for me. A gross one, which seems mm-hmm. very similar to witchcraft. Okay. Were witch cakes. Ooh. You say that. Oh, no. Is this like <laughs> urinal cakes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the witch hunters would take a sample of the victim's urine. What? So, again, if I was like the victim of you as a witch, they would take a sample of my urine, mix it with rye meal and ashes, and bake it into a cake. But the cake is fed to a dog. <gasps> no. Should reveal the identity of the witch. So the dog is like, this urine tastes like <laughs> Tichuba. <laughs> yes. Okay. Which actually, I think Tichuba was, you did this a couple times for people to help them find the witches during Salem. And okay. then she, of course, herself. Yeah, well, nobody was, was safe. Yeah. But like, it's very witch-like. To do like a fake urine into a gross rye yeah, meal and yes. and then the dog will be able to tell you who the witch is. Yeah, that is very. That's some super like invocation. That's I. Well, you know, and I, I I'm just, I keep interrupting. I'm sorry, but I read something once talking about how like 
people who claim to be like anti-witchcraft, anti-magic do magical things all the time. So like drinking wine and saying that it's blood and stuff is like, that's witchcraft, you guys. It's literally witchcraft. All your <laughs> rituals are witchcraft. You're all witches. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's okay. Um, another one that I for sure would not pass and is a common one that most people know of is witch marks. So the accused were stripped and examined for a blemish. Okay, not cool. Um, so this would be moles. Got a bunch of those. Yep. Scars. A couple. Birthmarks. Yep. Got those. <laughs> um, and even sores could get sure, those two witch. So oh my god. Any one of those, they could say that's a witch mark. This is a witch. Okay. Well, I don't feel like we're gonna fare very well. Yeah. If you are listening to this and you're like, well, I'm good. I've got none of those things. I've got that perfect Victorian porcelain skin can't relate there if there were no obvious marks the accused would be poked and scratched until witch hunters thought that did not bleed okay yeah i remember listening to a podcast i think it was like a last podcast on the left episode about some crazy witch trial and they were talking about how like they they were uh examining people and then they would like see like a little tiny dot on their skin and they would basically like pick at it until it became a sore and be like see it's the devil yeah this one would be like okay there's no marks but we're gonna like poke you with a needle mm -hmm. all along your arm and any spot if we find a spot that there's does there isn't blood then that means you're a witch because oh, you're not God. bleeding when we're poking with the needle which yeah. You know everybody's gotten poked with a needle before and not yeah. blood i'm sure so yeah also as we all know, that we don't have blood vessels. We are a blood vessel. We're just balloons full of blood. So no matter where you poke, blood will just pour out the same in every spot. <laughs> the final test yes. was um, having the accused verbally order the devil to release the possessed person. If they immediately recovered, then the person was found guilty. So if you were determined to be possessed by our Puritan colony, mm -hmm. and I was the accused witch, mm -hmm. and I said, I order the devil to release this innocent woman, and you all of a sudden were not acting possessed anymore, okay. I would be found guilty. Because that was proof that I controlled the devil that was possessing you. Okay. So I just don't like that. <laughs> There's just so many flaws and loopholes in all of these trials that I just don't think they could be accurate. You know, I think the science might be a little bit outdated and that's really my worry here. I have the sinking suspicion that most of those women who were charged with being a witch weren't actually witches. I, it's, I think that, like, history hates women. What? I know. It's really revolutionary. We'll discuss that a little bit later. Oh, good. I had a feeling it would come up. Okay. Are you ready to hear my my first little topic over here? Yes. Okay, I forgot so. this wasn't just me talking about witchcraft. As much as honest to God, I could listen to you talk about witchcraft for 100 years and then just go, like, what? In the background. <laughs> that's, that's kind of why I'm here. 
for the whole pod. <laughs> to get into the existential crisis of making a podcast, I'm essentially here because I really like listening to you tell me stuff. Oh, <laughs> That's really same. this is this is just born of us sitting at Panera Bread telling each other weird stuff we've read. And that's great. So anyway, guess what time it is, Jen? Etymology time? It's etymology time. Yes, it hasn't favorite. been that time in a long time. I know, time. it's because we've had so many words that we know where they come from. Um, okay, so I'm going to get into the etymology of the word warlock. And it's actually pretty simple, pretty cut and dry. So the word warlock has been around for a very long time. It's most likely from the Middle English word werelaga, I think that's it. It's like loga. I think I say warlaga, which stems from were, which is truce or, or covenant, and Laga, which is Liar, which kind mm -hmm. of translates and culminates into a super dope name, Truce Breaker, which I want to be my name. And so truce. it was changing it to Truce. I'm the, the truce. truce. I'm Truce Breaker. Um, it makes me think of what was uh, what was Jamie Lannister's thing? Kingslayer. Kingslayer. Yeah. I like it. Um, so it's uh, it was Middle English, and Middle English was primarily spoken between 1150 and 1500 AD, So, which was after Old English. I get them backwards all the time, where I think that Middle English came before Old English. That doesn't make sense, but I keep getting it backwards. But yes, yeah, so that's the etymology of Warlock. I like that. Yeah. Ooh, that's so fierce. Isn't it, though? It, it's kind of sexy. I like it a lot. Yeah, I like it. So we were discussing um, how history seems to be against women. History in the, the present, you know, the whole, the whole shebang. And now we're going to talk about witches in the 21st century. Ding! And we're not going to be talking about the, like, Wiccans that you knew, like, that one person in your school that was like, I'm a Wiccan. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a real Wiccan. They were just going through a phase. Yeah. Ocean Springs High School, those. you guys know who you were. <laughs> we're not going to talk about those, the real Wiccans who run the stores and <laughs> are pretty cool. We're going to talk about the scariest part about real witches in the 21st century. Let's get in. In that... There are people still being murdered today for being accused of being a witch. Super creepy. Mm -hmm. While the exact numbers are difficult to calculate, probably because they're not places aren't just publicizing that they're still running witch trials. The UN estimates that thousands of people a year, most often older women and children, are accused of being witches, resulting in abuse being kicked out of their homes, and in some cases, murdered. Reports from the Democratic Republic of Congo suggest that a majority of the children living on the streets are there because they were accused of witchcraft and were Ooh. then kicked out of their homes. In Ghana, there are camps where the accused and their families are sent to live, which, if they're really witches, that seems very dangerous to just send all the witches to go live in a camp. They could just like channel their power together. Yes. Again, I feel like this might not be about the witches. <laughs> and then um, those being tasked with addressing these issues are working on finding a balance between respecting different cultures. Okay. And not allowing death and abuse and the, all this terrible thing as a punishment. 
So they're, they're really, they're struggling with different cultures view and value what might be considered witchcraft differently. And is it the UN's job to go in and say, you can't say witchcraft is illegal? Probably not. Can they go in and be like, hey, probably don't just be kicking all these kids out onto the street because you think they're witches? I think maybe it's a good idea that somebody say you're acting a little bit brash. Yeah. To me, um, and there were tons of other countries, uh, a lot of third world countries, unfortunately, um, which have just a lot of other issues that they're having to deal with. And so then on top of this, it is clear that older women, um, especially like single older women and then children are being targeted by these accusations. Ooh, the vulnerable. Yeah. So I stumbled upon that and I thought it was a real downer, but something that needed to be said because I didn't realize that that was still an issue. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, yeah, it seems almost kind of silly and kind of like funny on the face of it. Just like, haha, they think people are witches, but like people are going through serious consequences in their lives because of it. I, cause I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if anybody still gets like persecuted for being a witch. And then I was like, oh, look at that. They're being sent to camp. That, does that sound familiar to anything in history? I like, and it's like, it's not even like they're actually like, hey, I'm a witch. And like, they're kind of digging yeah. it. Like, send me to a coven. They're like just living no, their just lives and somebody doesn't like them. And so they're being sent away. Yeah. That yep. sucks. But... <laughs> sucks but yep i hate that okay well i'm going to talk about somebody that we can hate openly Good. yeah and i'm fine with it okay so jennifer have you ever seen a picture of someone and you just like know that they smell horrible yes okay <laughs> like their aura is gross yeah. their their aura they smell. yeah their aura is stink lines <laughs> It's like the Charlie Brown character. <laughs> yes, exactly. So for me, one of those people is a uh, young man and self-proclaimed lore warlock. Lore walk? Really? Uh, I thought you were just fall over. And I was like, oh, yes, I know lore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, he was a warlock. Um, and he went by the name of Pazuzu Algarod. He, oh, mm -hmm. um, so Pazuzu was born John Alexander Lawson in 1978 in San Francisco. Um, Honestly, going from that basic name of John Alexander Lawson to Pazuzu, Pazuzu what Algarod. Algarod, much cooler. Yeah. That's like Tom Riddle going to Voldemort. Like, come on. Yeah, just mix it up, man. Uh, okay, so, uh, he, so he was born in San Francisco in 1978. He was a very troubled and emotional child from the start. Um, he started to show signs of mental illness fairly early. Um, and But you know what? Lots of us did. I am a mentally ill person, and I uh, have no problem saying that. Um, and I was also a troubled child and kind of a dick. But I also, you know, turned out to be a, a good parent and a good adult. Um, but... I'm just, I just have to say, I'm not ever going to excuse someone's crimes for their mental illness. Uh, you still suck, regardless. Plenty of people have mental illness and are not out there just murdering people. Exactly. Uh, it is, uh, it's, your, it's your problem. You have to deal with it. 
it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. So, um, so he was very troubled and emotional from the start. Um, and eventually in 2002, he changed his name legally to Pazuzu Algarod in an homage to his favorite demon, which is also the name of the demon from The Exorcist, Pazuzu. Oh, is that where you heard it before? That, yeah, I was like, I thought that sounded familiar. Isn't that supposed to be like, like one of the worst demons? Yes. Yeah. Are you? I feel like you're cursing yourself just by saying it. Isn't that a thing? Maybe I don't. <laughs> I don't believe in uh, God or the devil, so I okay. don't. I don't think and a demon. Don't, you can don't get have me. a sheet behind you, so I can I tell actually, you something comes up yeah, this time. If I echo more, it's because last time we recorded, we I had a, a blanket up behind me, like hanging to catch some of the echo, and uh, we scared so much of the crap out of each other that after we stopped recording, I closed my eyes and pulled the blanket down, and Jenna to tell me if someone was standing behind it or not. <laughs> After she told me, how creepy would it be if a face just appeared in the window? Because you're on the second floor. We're so good to each other, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was, we, it's spooky. Okay, listen, it's spooky season. Okay, so back to Pazuzu. <laughs> so he, uh, after he changed his name to Pazuzu Algarod, he uh, covered his face in tattoos, filed his teeth to points, and refused to bathe. He literally only bathed once a year. Um, most disgustingly, in my opinion, and I'm very sensitive to smells, so this really bothered me. Um, he almost never brushed his teeth. He believed that you should not. I, I mean, he do. shaved his, filed his teeth. He probably didn't have that much. <laughs> also, you know, like the 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 gross plaque, it just sloughs right off when you've got it at points. It just drips. <laughs> okay, I'm done with probably teeth. Probably just to file the plaque down. Hush your mouth. I'm done with teeth. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, so Pazuzu's only crime was not being stinky. Um, he was a straight up murderer. In Ooh. 2009, Pazuzu and two count them two of his fiancés, who obviously are smell deaf, what? because how could you ever, helped him commit and cover up two murders in their absolutely disgusting house in Clemens, North Carolina. Um in this nasty, nasty home, they committed animal sacrifices, had orgies, and... Oh, and they probably didn't bathe after they killed the animals and then had orgies. <laughs> I'm... It's worse. They also... They also pooped pretty much everywhere and anywhere but the toilet. <laughs> we probably should have put a uh, barf warning on this episode, <laughs> yeah, apparently. I, I will not get more barfy. That's as barfy as I get. Uh, I can. Oh, I need, where's my where's my Yankee candle? Where's my fall scented Yankee candle? Okay, so um, so think of like the worst episode of Hoarders, and you're just about in the realm of what we're talking about. It was it was actually so bad that um, after he was in prison, spoiler warning. Um, uh, they actually had to demolish it because it could not be saved. The house was that bad. Um, so uh, it was just unreal. So Pazuzu was later imprisoned where he completed suicide and his two brides-to-be were tried and sentenced to time in prison for crimes such as second degree murder, accessory after the fact, and armed robbery. And I think the moral of the story is, ladies, listen, let me level with you, ladies, you can do better. <laughs> you can do so much better. Teeth 
and doesn't shower or use a toilet. He yeah. has worse manners than my cats. If he, if you go over to his house and he's like being, you know, his idea of hospitality is saying poop wherever. <laughs> <laughs> but not there. That's my spot. <laughs> like if he, yeah, if that's, if that's like the general idea of hospi- hospitality is poop wherever, then perhaps you should just just be like, hey, it's not for me. Man. I respect you, but it's not for me. Um, but also, I mean, I think it kind of goes without saying, but there was not the only, like mental illness was not the only issue. It was, there was also a great deal of drug use happening. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, it seems, <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty obvious, but there was a lot of people hanging out in this house and a lot of people uh, were kind of like, almost like followers of Pazuzu, including um, including the victims. He, there was two men and it was very tragic. And there's some really cool resources I'll talk about, uh, whenever we do our, our, uh, citations where you can kind of go and look into the story of the victims. Um, I just don't really have enough time to get into it, but the victims themselves were completely innocent, obviously. Um, and it's just totally wacky, but the more interesting thing as far as the warlock side of it is that this guy was just a freaking whack job man he was a warlock how dare you he's trying to level up yeah well if he's if he is a warlock then maybe he's not dead and you know he's out there maybe he never really got put in jail in prison maybe it was an all an illusion and he yeah doppelgangered himself maybe he turned into an ether and went through the uh went through the uh window at the jail and he just disappeared anything is possible really Huh? <laughs> okay, so next up, I'm going to tell you about mm-hmm. the Wicked Witch of Monroe. Word. Her name was Hannah Crana. That what? was her nickname. Her first name was Hannah. But okay. then once, it, once they decided she was a witch, they started calling her Hannah Crana. Okay. She was born in 1783, almost 100 years after the infamous witch trials in Salem. Okay. So after this time, after that time, there was kind of like a phase where people were like, oh, God, that was embarrassing. Why did we do that? We can't just be calling people witches and killing them. (laughs) Valid. (laughs) Um, She married Captain Joseph Hovey and they had no children. So strike one for Hannah. No kids. (laughs) Means that's on the witch checklist. Of course. What a spinster. (laughs) She was never suspected of witchcraft until her husband fell off a cliff while on a walk one night. (gasps) Okay. The townsfolk believe she cast a spell to confuse him because this was a path that he walked often and there's no way he would have fallen off that cliff because he would have known where it was. So obviously she can, she cast a spell and confused him. She never remarried and lived alone on her property with her chickens. That was noted that she lived with her chickens. And this one story goes that a neighbor who was famous for her pies refused to give Hannah a larger pie. Hannah went over and was like, I want a pie, but can I want that one. It's really good, but can you make it bigger? And the neighbor was like, no, you can have that size and be happy with it. (laughs) So Hannah cursed her and her pies were never as good as they used to be. Of course. Way to 
blame the little old lady with the chickens that your pies suddenly aren't good. Right? God. I mean, this sounds exactly like a you problem. Just make better pies, dork. Another story is that a man trespassed on her property to go fishing. <gasps> Disgusting. <laughs> when caught, Hannah cursed him and he was never able to catch another fish again. <laughs> Let's so again, all blame this lady for our own personal failings at all of our hobbies. Again. That's like you just being like, I can't macrame this hanging chair. It's somebody's fault, but, but not my fault. And a person over there cursed me. Yeah. My neighbor and did this. A third story goes mm -hmm. that two men stopped with their cart and oxen to mock her. Rude. So... She cursed them, causing the oxen to stop moving and the wheels to fall off. <laughs> Wait. Okay. That's what they deserve. I mean, they do. I, I feel like she may not have done it. But also, I support her. I support Hannah. Yes. Just, it gets better. Okay, so, yeah. After her rooster, who the townspeople believed to be her familiar, Dope. died, Hannah told a neighbor... It doesn't specify if it was the pie neighbor. Probably not. They probably weren't on speaking terms anymore. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, she told the neighbor that she was going to die soon. So her rooster, her familiar, died. She told the neighbor, I'm going to die soon. Oh. She told the neighbor that she must be carried in her coffin by foot to the graveyard. And they cannot bury her past sundown. I mean, all of this seems pretty reasonable to me. It doesn't seem that big of a deal. So, of course, upon her death, they ignored her instructions and began moving her coffin by sled. <laughs> the coffin slid off multiple times <laughs> until they eventually gave up and were like, fine, we'll carry it by hand. Hannah really said, uh, no, sir. The delays, though, meant that they buried her after the sun had set. Oh, no. Did she turn they into a gremlin? Of her stipulations. When they returned to her home, they found it engulfed in flames. Okay. Well, I mean, it's her house. She can burn it down. <laughs> Nowadays, it's said that her spectral figure will appear in the graveyard and cause passing cars to crash. Oh. Okay. Well, first of all, Hannah, chill out. <laughs> Calm down. These people didn't do anything. They don't even know you. Yeah, but I mean, but I'm I, all about like I'm all like super into like minor curses for people. Like you can't fish well anymore. Like you can still fish, but you can't. Fish I like well. how she was like, "Well, you didn't listen to me. You guys aren't getting anything from my house." Yeah, I do like that. You can't have my stuff. I'm gonna commit posthumous arson. <laughs> so that is the story of Hannah Crana, the Wicked Witch of Monroe. All right, I support you, Hannah. Like it. Okay, so what's up? I was going to say, I like to, I feel like she could be a witch, but she didn't, like, do anything crazy and possess people. She just kind of did those, like, little minor curses. Like, oh, you want to come fishing on my property without permission? See if you ever catch a fish again. Yeah, she's fun. Like, she's not, well, I mean, apparently her ghost is now killing people, but she wasn't, she wasn't, like, hurting anybody. She was but just maybe, making them suck at their hobbies. Maybe if the townsfolk had just done what she wanted mm -hmm. her funeral requests she wouldn't be it's so, so simple just respect it 
Just respect it. Oh, yeah. That's all she wanted. Okay. So we've been talking a little bit about witch trials. Um, mm-hmm. A lot about um, just them kind of just hating women and that being a lot of the deal with the witch trials. But I would like to talk about a, uh, a warlock in a witch trial. Ooh. Yes. So during the uh, storied Salem witch trials in 1692 that everybody has heard about a million times, an English born farmer and his wife, Giles or Giles. I'm going to say Giles because I really don't like the name Giles. Giles. I think it's Giles. Fine. I'll say Giles. Um, I just don't like it. It feels weird in my mouth. But, yeah, but the Empire Slayer, though. Yeah, this is very true. Um, so uh, Giles and Martha Corey were accused by Abigail Hobbs, a teenage girl who had been accused herself and kind of sucked. Um, and old Giles refused to even entertain his captors. So uh, basically, he was accused by someone who had been accused. And as we know about the Salem witch trials, essentially went in this giant chain of obviously somebody fibbing or getting in trouble for something and saying it was a witch made me do it type of thing. Um, and then that kind of just went down forever of them saying everybody is potentially in cahoots with the devil. So um, one of the things that they would do is they would interrogate them and say, um, like, you need to admit to your crimes, essentially. And like, either way, you're going to have terrible consequences, but they wanted you to admit to it to save your soul. And also to make them feel super vindicated. So, yeah. but, uh, but old Giles, he refused to entertain his captors. And, uh, and he also refused to enter a plea of guilty or not guilty. He would not say it. So at that time, you couldn't try someone who had not entered a plea. And the method of getting people to unwillingly enter a plea was something called. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> P piene forte et dur. Never gonna say that again in my life. Okay. Sick. Yeah. No, all I got from that was forte, which is like yeah. I, I have no idea. Um. So, but it's essentially putting heavier and heavier objects onto them until they give in. Um. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they it, it, they would also call it pressing. Um, so basically what would happen, it, it's super gross. So basically what would happen is the person would be stripped naked, uh, everybody's favorite part of a torture, sexy, and they would have like a board put over them and then they would stack stones on top of the board and they would continue to stack stones until the person either gave in or died and they would almost always give in because it's a very painful death. So over the course of literally days, they put heavier and heavier stones on Giles until to get him to plea essentially. And he still refused to plea only replying more weight when asked what his plea was. He eventually succumbed to the painful torture, finally dying without having said a single thing about his guilt or innocence on record, which is a very big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, so while this seems like super noble and tenacious, it was actually kind of with purpose since he had never actually been tried for anything because he never entered a plea. He died still in full possession of his estate and his land and belongings were legally passed on in his will and not taken by the government. It's, I know that I found that pretty fascinating. 
it's believed that the protracted and gruesome nature of his death may have actually played a super big role in snapping the residents of Salem out of their witch trial fever. If anyone ever accuses you of being a warlock, though, um, you can just simply reply more weight and then see how it goes from there. I think that's very interesting because, as you know, I started watching the show Salem. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, not really, because it is got some historical accuracy. Giles Corey is in it, and that's how he dies after being accused of being a witch. And I didn't know that was a real person and a real thing. I thought it was just because he, like, died in the first episode. And I'm like, oh, he, that must just be, like, a plot, like, point. But turns out was a plot point, but was also historically accurate. Yeah, so super that true was fact. So fun yeah. for me. So for me, the part that I found the most fascinating is I always thought it was just him being like, no, screw your witch trials. I'm not going to play your game. And just, you know, more weight, more weight, more weight. Um, but it, I, you know, it's very much believed that it had a purpose that he really did, um, that he really was like, no, you guys aren't going to take my estate. Cause that was something that was happening is people were being towards the end of the witch trials, people were being tried when it benefited the government to take their stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, your farm is doing really well. You're a witch. Like that was kind of like the way it was going. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it is definitely believe. I mean, obviously I don't know for sure because they couldn't ask him. He was just yelling more weight, but, um, but yeah, they believe that that was it. And then his family actually went on after the fact to sue because they had been extorted by the government after his death because the government was pretty butthurt about them not getting his estate. So they did actually end up, end up suing and, uh, here and there winning a little bit of money and winning a little bit of power back which was you know, Good. fascinating. So that is the story of Giles, Giles. I don't like the name Giles, um, Giles Corey. Well done. Thank you. I am going to tell you about the Mole Mole Dyer legend. Okay. Real quick, how would you pronounce M-O-L-L? Mall. Mall. Yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Maul Dyer lived on the outskirts of Leonardtown, Maryland in the 1600s in a small cabin in the woods by a creek now known as Maul Dyer Run. Description of her vary from old hag, of course, same. to polite and beautiful old woman. Also same. Ladies <laughs> over 30. <laughs> In 1697, there was a cold winter in Leonardtown. So, of course, the townspeople blamed Maul Dyer, officially yeah. accusing her of witchcraft because lonely old lady. Clearly, she's the reason that we just had a cold winter. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could have just gone and talked to her and been friends with her. But no, just blame her for cold winter. <laughs> the legend goes that they marched to her house with torches yeah. and set it on fire while shouting, burn the witch. Excuse me? That is so rude. Maltire managed to escape the fire and fled into the woods. Her body was found a few days later frozen to a rock. <gasps> oh! According to the legend, she was kneeling with one hand on the rock and the other pointing to the skies. Oh no, poor thing. 
supposedly the rock found in 1972 sits outside the old jail in the courthouse in Leonard town now. Ooh, that's haunted as heck. Yeah. Some people experience being sick when they visit the rock or their photos of the rock don't develop. Cool. There is a section of town along mall Dyer road where there's it's backed by woods and they are believed to be haunted by Maul Dyer herself. Some of the um, reports are an unusual amount of lightning in this area and an unusual amount of car accidents along the road in, right by this woods. It's believed that this was where her cabin was located. Okay. Maul Dyer's apparition has been seen roaming the woods. And... Um, there was like one story about like some teenage girls that were like hanging out in the woods and it started just pouring. So they like, were like, ah, and they ran out of the woods. But the minute they like got out of the woods, it was just bright and sunny. And there was like no rain and no signs of rain. Storms that there are no actual records of a mall dyer existing. Holy crap. However, there are records of a Dyer family living close to the area. And uh, I don't remember the specific name, but there was a female name that could have been, um, I think like Maul might be also a nickname for Mary from like the 1600s and 1700s. And so it's possible that that was, it just got mistranslated. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the most interesting part, though, is that it's believed that this legend may have inspired the fictional legend of the Blair Witch Project. Ooh, spooky. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be because it's in the same area and mm-hmm. it's kind of like got the same idea of haunted woods. and Blair Witch still scares rock. the crap out of me. <laughs> Not like the running through the woods part. It's the people uh facing backwards part yeah just i don't know there's something about someone facing like a wall that scares the crap out of me and it's probably because of blair witch and me seeing it when i was not developmentally old (laughs) enough to watch that movie (laughs) but wow that's cool yeah super spooky do you ever make or have you ever i wouldn't say do it now um do have you ever made weird stuff out of sticks and hung it in the woods no i don't think so Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't I grew up in the desert, the so I wasn't oh, yeah. near a lot of woods. Okay. That's valid. But I'm just gonna mm-hmm. we'll just pretend that I didn't ask because I don't do that either. I totally never done that. I would totally do it now. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> just bring string to the woods, guys. If you gotta go into the woods, bring some string with you. Make some weird stuff out of sticks. Don't don't try to scare people. It's just fun to make weird stuff out of sticks. It's great. Super basic <laughs> life hack witchcraft. Make stuff out of sticks. I really liked that. That was a good one. I liked that a lot. Thank you. All right. So we're going to talk about somebody who kind of, I don't know. He was kind of, if you're not a a STEM person, it can feel kind of boring, but, uh, but he was, he was a really cool person that had a kind of a hand in our mathematical history. So we're going to talk about John Napier. So John Napier was a Scottish mathematician, astronomer, physicist, cool Renaissance dude who did it all, who lived during the mid 16th and early 17th centuries. 
He was the inventor of a very cool looking and even cooler named calculator named Napier's Bones, which honestly, that names like that give me the heebies in a good way. Where I'm just like, oh, (laughs) I want that. I don't like math, but give it to me. Give me Napier's Bones. (laughs) Um, So he was also super into necromancy and fancied himself a straight up warlock. Um, he would, he even had a familiar, a black rooster, which if you are a longtime listener, you know that that is something I desperately need. Um, though Napier's neighbors often accused him of being a sorcerer, fortunately, Scotland was a lot more chill during this time. And he was also kind of rich and successful and a dude. So nothing really came of it. There was a few cool things named after this kooky and cool dude though. Um, One of them is the French name for the natural logarithm, which is Napier. Um, So there is, uh, there's also something from electrical engineering that I asked, uh, I asked people I know who know about electrical engineering to explain this to me and it didn't stick at all. Um, But there's (laughs) a thing in electrical engineering, it totally broke my brain. It's called a Nepper, um, but it's named after Napier. Um, And also uh, University of Edinburgh, um, or not university, a university in Edinburgh, um, is called the Edinburgh Napier University, which is obviously named after him. Um, most notably to me though, is that he has a freaking crater on the moon named after him. I want a crater on the moon That's named what I after said. me. He's out here being remembered how I deserve to be remembered. So there is, a, there is a crater on the moon, Napier's Crater, and it's named after him, the Scottish mathematician and warlock, John Napier. How cool. I know. I, mean, I want to be a like 17th century rich Scottish warlock. Ugh. Napier's God. bones. Uh, your familiar is a black rooster. How dare you live the life I deserve to live? <laughs> Maybe that was you in a past life. Ooh, I would have been. I would have been for sure. So my final legend I'm going to tell you about yes. is from your home state of Mississippi. <gasps> Mississippi, what up? It is the Witch of Yazoo. Mm. Are you familiar with this story? I am not. I'm familiar with Yazoo, but I'm not familiar with the Witch of Yazoo, which is, got to have a witch name. That's one. <laughs> In the middle of the Glenwood Cemetery, there is a grave surrounded by chain links known as the Witch's Grave. Ooh. Legend says that an old woman lived down by the river in a van. <laughs> she never had a job. Just thanks, thanks, Chris Farley. What's up? I can't say down by the river without referencing. That. I see. I see my dad doing his impression of Chris Farley more than I see Chris Farley doing oh. in a van by the river. <laughs> so she lived down by the river, yep. and she would lure fishermen mm. in. And then proceed to torture and murder them. Okay, maybe not dope. (laughs) Don't do that. So the sheriff found out, found her, and they went on a high-speed foot chase. (laughs) (laughs) High-speed foot chase is literally just finding out who's fatter. That's (laughs) all it is. Scooby-Doo, just... (laughs) Come on, Scoob! 
Um, he chased her through the swamps where she got stuck in quicksand. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and as she was drowning in this quicksand, she swore, in 20 years, I will return and burn this town to the ground. What year did this happen? Um, well, 20 years before 1904. Okay. All right. Okay. 1884? Yes. Yes. So, 20 years later in 1904, almost in the same month that, like, she died, a fire destroyed over 200 homes and pretty much every business in the city of Yazoo. (sighs) That feels pretty spooky. There's several theories as to how the fire started, but none of them were ever, like, there's still no actual answer as to the cause of the fire. The most popular theory was that this young woman was preparing for her wedding. And I don't know what fire has to do with that. (laughs) You know, know, Jen, that really romantic moment just before you get married when you light Yazoo, Mississippi on fire. (laughs) Romance. Oh. Uh, and the winds were so extreme that it caused the fire to just spread very easily. Of course. However, weather reports for that area in May of 1904 do not mention high winds. Gasp, <gasps> that must mean a witch. Still, many witnesses said they saw the flames jump through the air as if supernaturally encouraged. Okay. I, uh, I'm inclined to believe it. The day after, this is going to convince you even more, the day after the fire, a group went to the cemetery and found that the chains on the witch's grave were broken. (gasps) Oh, I like that. You can still visit her grave to this day. And there are still chains on it. And they are constantly breaking and being repaired. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. mm -hmm. Nobody knows who this actual woman was that's buried there. Said all that it's on the grave. It just says TW, which people say stands for the witch. (laughs) The witch of Yazoo. Wow, that's really interesting. Also, just the idea of like, they can't even put out the witch. They have to just say TW. We just abbreviate this so (laughs) aggressively. So there's a lot of things I like about that. Um, Namely, uh, that it it involves a a high-speed foot chase um, between a sheriff (laughs) and a witch. That was my own wording and (laughs) historical embellishment, but that's how I imagine it was a high-speed foot chase. I love it. I think it's perfect. All right, so our last warlock... Tell me about him. All right. Stud. So um, I've already. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. All right, Sandy. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, is, it, is she going to get it? Is this joke about There's a moment where I was like, breeze through it. Yeah. Don't play her I games, just... Kate. <laughs> Don't play her games. She's trying to turn it into a musical like she does everything else in your life. I was like, fair. oh, God, what did you talk about earlier? You're talking about something, and I almost started singing a song from a musical. So, you're Of course. Every moment of our friendship is me like, Jen, this isn't a musical, and you being like, but what if I started singing? Okay. 
Um, okay, so I've obviously been pretty focused on um, pe people who identify as men fancying themselves warlocks. It's fun. That's the thing about warlocks. You can just kind of decide that you are one and bam, warlock. Um, so my last one today is a man by the name of Peter Hesseltine, I think. It might be Peter Hesseltine, but I think it's Hesseltine. That does not matter. Um, he was a British composer during the 1920s and 30s. He lived a fascinating life full of revelry and travel and intrigue and a lover named Puma. <laughs> and he was friends with Yeats. And he also was fascinated by the occult. Um, because of this and because of just his general personality, which is very relatable, um, he ruffled a few feathers and at one point had to resort to publishing his work under the pseudonym Peter Warlock, a name he more or less went by until his untimely death in 1930, which it, I kind of like the idea that you're just like, I love the occult. Let me change my name to Peter Warlock. Let me just hit that <laughs> nail right on the head as hard as I can. Warlock works for that. Yeah, it's Witch great. doesn't. If yeah. I was like, my last name is Jennifer Witch. That's my my pen name. It doesn't work uh, quite the same as if don't worry, as Peter Warlock. Worry not, Jennifer. I have a surprise for you at the <gasps> end. Um, and we will we will get to the bottom of this. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, Peter Warlock. Um, like I said, he died in 1930 and he died under somewhat mysterious circumstances. He died of coal gas poisoning, which was a thing that used to happen back then. Um, it is believed that he took his own life, but an inquest found this to be undetermined. One of the reasons why it may have been undetermined is that those who completed suicide were not capable of getting the same sorts of after death benefits back then, which is, you know, something that's only very recently changing. Um, mm -hmm. So that may be one of the reasons, um, one of the reasons is that it's just very difficult, especially with uh, like gas poisonings to tell if it was an accident or not. Um, the main evidence that he may have completed suicide though, is that he put his cat outside of his basement apartment and bolted the doors before succumbing to this poisoning, likely to spare the cat a terrible fate. So yeah, rest easy, Peter Warlock. Oh, that's sad. That makes me sad. I know. It's a little bit of a bummer. <laughs> um, so, but I do have a, a surprise for you. Okay. Cheer me up. I will cheer you up. Maybe. I might not. Okay. So, uh, you know that I am a fan of the, uh, like, name generator quizzes. <gasps> is it a witch name generator It is, but quiz? I made it. You made it? <laughs> I made it. If you see, I made it. <laughs> Okay. Is all it right. all the same thing? No. <laughs> and I also, I did not, because I know uh, our, I know obviously our names and our birthdays, um, that uh, I did not stack it. And I also did not check it to see what mine is ahead of time or yours. Okay. Okay. So uh, you, what is the numerical date of your birth? 13. Very witchy. Okay. So. Number 13, ooh, is Sabrina. So that's your first name. Okay. And Class. what is the numerical birth month? 11. Nightshade. 
Sabrina Nightshade. So your name is Sabrina Nightshade. I like that. It's my new alter ego. Yes. All right. What I'm is your mind? I'm going to do mine. So these are going to be, these are our names now. This is official. This is official business as you legally change your name. All right. So my birth date is the 21st, uh, which <laughs> I meant to write. I think I meant to write Salem, but I wrote so long. <laughs> salami though <laughs> I did it very quickly my handwriting is very bad oh okay so Salem or salami and my birth month is 12 December which is kill daughter like uh Icelandic kill daughter so I, I would also I forgot to say this but I constructed this out of fictional characters named witches actual historical figures named witches and then um lists of like surnames of historical and fictional characters who are witches. So I didn't just make these up off the top of my head, um, but these are names of like, like witch names from history. So, um, so your name is uh, Sabrina. Let me say I wrote it down. What was it? Sabrina Nightshade. And I am <laughs> Salami Kill Daughter. <laughs> I do like that. We both, we got Sabrina and Salem though. I know that is kind of nice. I'm your cat. Which is another sign that I need that black cat that's named after you. Big time shout out to our, our girl, Katrina, our girl cat, um, who is actually a really like ideal fan of our, of our little pod here because yeah. she's like giving us feedback all the time. And it's so awesome. Also, we talk to her every single day, but, um, but she is she fostering some cats who she named after everyone in our group chat. And uh, we each have cats, the kittens named after us who are ridiculously cute. Stupid cute. So we were just saying uh, when we were off mic that we need to get uh, each other's and make them our familiars. <laughs> so I'll have the Jen and she'll have the Robinson one. And then I'll name mine Salem and you can name yours Sabrina. There we go. Joe, you can't say no to that. Everybody pester Joe mm -hmm. to tell him that he has to let me get this kitten. So big shout out to Joe, who we did not talk about last podcast because he said he doesn't want us to at him. So we didn't. But Joe, this is legally binding. You have to let Jen. I will say you have to let us get cats. <laughs> he doesn't care what I do with my life. Um, but you have to let Jen get another cat. Four cats is fine. That's fine. You can fit four cats. He just walked out of the bedroom right now. <laughs> he, sensed <So>. us. <laughs> he sensed that we were adding. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't need you. Thanks, Joe. Okay, bye. <laughs> but yeah, so that's our that's our official witch names is that you are Sabrina Nightshade. I am Salami Kill Daughter. <laughs> you can we can only refer to each other as this for the rest of October. All right, well. Sabrina, do you want to go down Citation Street? 
lot to salami. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You start. I got the bizarre witch trial test from history.com. Okay. The witches in the 21st century was from the United Nations Human Rights Office of the High Commissioner. And it had a lot more info on the report done about the different witch trials still happening today. If that's something you are interested in learning more about. And you should be. Hannah Cranham, I got from the New England Historical Society. The Mall Dyer Legend, I got from Otherworldly Oracle. And The Witch of Yazoo, I got from Visit Yazoo. Don't visit Yazoo. <laughs> this is just my suggestion. But. <laughs> personal. Yeah. You could go visit the grave. And that's what I want to see, really. Uh, I want I want my grave to have chains on it. Deal. Because that's really cool. Also, I don't want to be buried in a traditional grave, though. We'll get into it on the funeral podcast um, <laughs> that we're going to our side cast. Um, but. <laughs> I, I don't want to be buried in a traditional grave. I just want to be wrapped in a sheet and buried, uh, like not embalmed or anything. But if you really want to get wild, go ahead and wrap chains around me so that if my skeleton remains and someone cuts into the earth, they will find my skeleton wrapped in chains. And that sounds dope. That does sound really cool. Okay. So uh, for warlock etymology, I got that from uh, Dictionary of Scots Languages and from Wiktionary. For Pazuzu Algorod, I got that from Vice and allthatsinteresting.com has an incredible article about him and really gets into kind of his history a little bit. Even though he sucks, he's a murderer, therefore we don't care about him. Um, he's just cool because he had, not cool, he's interesting because he had a weird name. Um, <laughs> For the Witch Trials Men, for uh, Giles Corey, I got that from Salem Witch Trials Documentary and Transcription Project, their website. For John Napier, I got my information from Britannica and MathsHistory.com. And for Peter Warlock, I got my information from Wikipedia and the Oxford Dictionary of National Biography Online. Wonderful. Yes. Do you want to talk about what we're doing next week? Next week, we are doing Flesh and Blood for lucky number 13. Ooh, I'm so excited about that one. Yes. So be, really be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share so you can stay up to date so that we can get more listeners so we can keep doing this thing. Mm -hmm. That, yes. Uh, you can always contact us any time of the day or night because thanks to our differing countries we are <laughs> one of us is awake at all times with all of this your <laughs> witch and warlock needs at our instagram which is uh weird flex podcast on instagram and also our email address is weirdflexpodcast at gmail.com um and if you have just any crazy witch stories any weird warlock stories any hauntings that happened in your hometown um, we want to hear about it. We love that stuff. And we'll, if you want, we can, we will share it on the show. Um, so and what's up? If you want to find out your witch name. Uh, yes. So follow us on Instagram. I will post, will post it on Instagram. <laughs> I will post it on Instagram. I will post a better version of it. Cause it's, I wrote it in like, like three minutes. Um, I'll post a better version of it. I will change salami to Salem for all of your benefits. <laughs> I can be the, I'm the only salami. 
You are the only salami. Thank you. You're my only salami. Um, okay, well, this has been uh, Salami Kill Daughter. And this has been Sabrina Nightshade, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.